Sarah. Hi, I'm Jen, and this is your Fruitful 15, where small changes in your daily habits can yield big results. So Sarah, what's going well with you? Well, Jen, it's been an awesome season. As you are well aware, you and I just recently led a workshop along with Sheila at the American College of Lifestyle Medicine Conference, and I have to say that I think it went fantastically. And, you know, I really think we can attribute that to the fact that I, at least I, got extremely good sleep the night before that workshop. (laughs) That is the perfect lead-in, Sarah. (laughs) I love it. I know. I I had to make this related in some (laughs) way, you know? (laughs) So we're going to talk about sleep today. So I think a good way to start our discussion of sleep off is to just talk about how critical sleep is or what the impact of sleep is on our mental and physical health. Love that. So do you want to start us off? Yeah, I guess what I want to talk about is, and you know, we'll focus a little bit on the quote unquote negative here, but let's talk about what happens to us when we don't get sleep besides the fact that we all know we get a little bit grumpy, you know, Mm -hmm. from a physiological perspective, can you walk me through what happens in the body when we don't get sleep? Yes. And this is something I did not learn until much later in life and wish I had known it sooner because now that I understand the importance of sleep, I have to say I put more of a priority on it. Do you find that as well? Definitely. Definitely put a huge priority on it now. Right. So the main thing when we don't sleep is that cortisol, our stress hormone, stays elevated. So, you know, cortisol is a double-edged sword. We do need some cortisol because it's what helps keep us awake and alert and able to, you know, get out of the way of danger. But um, if it stays elevated, that can lead to all kinds of health problems. And at nighttime is when our cortisol, when we're sleeping, is when our cortisol naturally goes down. And interestingly, when cortisol is chronically elevated, blood sugar is higher because insulin resistance is elevated. Boo! (laughs) Boo indeed, Jen. And, you know, I like what you said about cortisol. Like we need cortisol to survive and it's obviously a crucial hormone just sort of for like daily functional, daily functioning, but we don't want to be swimming in it all the time at levels that it shouldn't necessarily be at. And not being able to sleep or um, not prioritizing our sleep or for whatever reason, if we're not sleeping, that's just a, a one-way ticket to those elevated levels of cortisol that are not necessarily appropriate in that setting. Perfect explanation. So some things are pretty controllable and some things are not in terms of our, our sleep habits. Do you want to talk about some of the basics of what we call sleep hygiene, which is basically yes. some healthy habits to help us get better sleep? Yeah, I love talking to patients about sleep hygiene because I'll say like, oh, you know, have you ever heard of sleep hygiene? And they kind of look at me like, what is sleep hygiene? (laughs) Um, But, you know, these are really important. Like you said, some things are in our control and some things aren't in our control. But obviously, as a behavioral change podcast, uh, we want to talk about the things that are in our control. And so (laughs) there are, there's actually a long list of things that we can do. And some of these things I feel like 
are um, things you might have already heard about, like, for example, using your bed for sleep only, right? Like, I feel like we hear that a lot. Um, so don't do work in your bed, uh, for example. And also avoiding things like caffeine, especially in the afternoon. It's actually surprising how long caffeine stays in our bloodstream and can affect our sleep. Thank you. Um, and then I think all of us are probably also familiar with the idea of um, getting physical activity as a way to uh, help us to sleep better or get to sleep at night. But I'm curious, what are some of the ones that you were a little surprised about when you journeyed into the land of prioritizing your sleep? <laughs> you know, one thing that surprised me a little bit, you know, I've always heard people say, oh, like limit your screen time before sleep. And I thought it was more just that like, if you're on a screen of any kind, your phone, your computer, whatever, uh, maybe it's just kind of amping up your brain, you're thinking more, but actually the light from the screens can um, decrease our melatonin. So, you know, melatonin starts coming out when it's dark. That is what we, it's part of what we call our circadian rhythm is that, you know, as it gets dark, the sun goes down, melatonin starts coming out and helps us feel sleepy and then helps us to stay asleep at night. And actually some of the light from our screens and also really bright lights in our homes can start degrading that melatonin before we ever get to use it. So it's a it's a good reason to set some limitations before bedtime. I try to stay off screens for an hour at least before I go to sleep. I'll give myself a yeah. ding. Ding, <laughs> yes, ding for you. And um, light is really surprisingly important on like both sides of the coin, right? So you want to avoid that blue light before bedtime. And then on the flip side of that, you want to try to prioritize getting that morning light when you can. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That morning light, I won't go into all of the, you know, details of the super chiasmic nucleus. I hope. Extra I ding that right. for that. Yes. Super impressive when but, you say that. But I will say that um, that morning light is part of what helps to set the circadian rhythm. So, you know, we when you hear things like uh, park your car further away from where you work and walk in, you know, that's great for physical activity purposes, but it's also great because you're getting some of that morning light, which is really critical for sleep. And here at the Fruitful 15, we love two for ones, don't we? <laughs> we Being love some them. physical activity and morning light, two for one, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another thing that I think is underrated is going to bed and waking up at the same time. Um, again, that just gives your circadian rhythm a little boost, a little help. If it's not trying to figure out, you know, these differences in timing from day to day. Um, another thing to think about, and this is, I think most people are familiar with this, but is a cool temperature to sleep in, whatever you can tolerate, but cooler is definitely better than warmer. Sarah, can you speak to hydration a little bit? Yeah. Um, when you are dehydrated, your body sends signals to get hydrated. Um, and so that can be disruptive to your sleep. Your body's doing what it's supposed to do, right? It's telling you like, let's go get some hydration. Um, but that can be disruptive to your sleep. In addition to that, all of your cells are primarily made up of water. Like water is a big deal to your cells. 
And one of the big functions of your brain at night is to do a bunch of repair work. You know, you've used your brain all day long. Now it needs to do some repair work. And to do that repair work, you want to give it as much nutrients as possible. Water hydration is part of that gift that you give back to your brain. (laughs) So you want to stay hydrated. And a lot of patients will say, well, what about, you know, if I stay hydrated, then I'm going to get up all night to pee. Try to limit your hydration window to a little bit earlier in the day. Beautiful. Love it. All right, Sarah, I know that you are a very busy woman. You work full time. You've got kiddos. Uh, I know you're sometimes woken up in the middle of the night by your kiddos. What's your take on napping? Oh, my God. I love napping. (laughs) Um, And there's also some great evidence out there for napping. You want to limit your nap length, you know, to about 20 minutes or less. Uh, Some people are like, oh, I can't even fall asleep in 20 minutes. It's okay if you just lay down and rest your eyes. The longer you nap, though, the more likely your body is to start getting into some sleep cycles. And then you'll experience what's called sleep inertia, which is when then you try to wake up and your body's like, no, we were actually in sleep mode. And then you won't feel good. My favorite thing to do is to take a nappuccino, which is where, okay, don't, don't, don't do this in the late afternoon, right? Early afternoon, you drink a little bit of coffee, you lay down for 20 minutes, you wake up, you're ready to greet the world Woo! again. If I could- or you can even just do a decaf tea. You don't have to do coffee. That's just for us moms out there, you know? That's awesome. What's your cutoff time for caffeine generally? I would say noon is my cutoff time. What about you? Perfect. I don't do a lot of caffeine, but yep, I would say probably noon as well. Just make sure it's totally out of the system when we're trying to wind down. Yeah. And I want to also say that I leverage caffeine as a way to do certain other behaviors in my routine. So I get up very early in order to do things like meditate. And one of the ways that I motivate myself to do that is that I get a cup of coffee. So lots of different ways to motivate yourself and and achieve behavioral change. But leveraging caffeine can be one of them. I love that so much. I know you're always emailing me at four in the morning being like, it's a great day. I'm ready to go. And and you're always very kind to send emails because you're like, you're probably still sleeping. Yes, yes. (laughs) You slug. (laughs) No. Uh, I want to ask you, have you ever experienced, you know, where you're you're up later at night and you're like, I'm going to, I'm getting sleepy, but I'm going to push past it and I'm going to keep working or I'm going to keep watching Great British Baking Show. They don't sponsor us, but please, Great British Baking Show sponsor please us. Please consider us. <laughs> but do you ever like push past that and get that second wind that feels really good? Yes. And I used to always think that was such a gift. I'd be like, this is amazing. I was starting to get sleepy around 9 p.m. And then I got my second wind. And so now I'm just going to stay up till midnight watching the Great Baking Show or working or whatever. And then when we did this deep dive into sleep, I realized that actually a second wind is not good. It means that our melatonin is decreasing and now we're in for not as great a quality of night's sleep. 
Boo. Yeah, that is also a boo. Like you want to you wanna take advantage of that second wind, but you're right. It just, it really further decreases our quality of sleep and that really has an impact on our quality of life. We want to invite you to really notice like how the quality and quantity of your sleep then influences all of your life, but particularly your health choices. It's much harder to make choices that are beneficial for your body, your mind, when you are deficient in sleep. 100%. All right, Sarah, what about emotional regulation? Can you speak to that as well? Definitely. Um, I think obviously when we're stressed, it's much harder for us to get the sleep that we need, especially if we're on extreme high alert, our body is on extreme high alert. That makes it much harder for us to sleep. And then it's this vicious cycle, right? Because the next day we're not as able to emotionally regulate, which leads to more stress, which leads to less sleep. And it's just this very vicious cycle. So I think it's good to reset and try to get out of that, um, cycle by using tools like meditation, um, Thank you. Yes. Um, yogic napping. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called Yoga Nidra, N-I-D-R-A, is a wonderful way to fall asleep. And then there are also great sleep apps out there that have sleep stories on them that are a, the equivalent of a pharmaceutical for making you fall asleep. Yes. I am so with you on that. I'm a big fan of meditation myself. And then I love those sleep stories. I am not familiar with this Yoga Nidra. Can you tell us more, please? Yeah, it's just basically, um, it sounds like you're doing yoga, but all you're really doing is, you know, the end of yoga when you do the Shavasana yes. part where you just lay there, it's just that, you know? Fabulous. That's my <laughs> yeah, kind of yoga. Really <laughs> I know, me too, me too. Uh, I'm kidding. I, I, I frequently incorporate it into my wind down routine. Um, do you have a wind down routine, Jen? I do, yes. So again, shutting off screens, doing, I do like 10 minutes of meditation before I'm getting ready to go to bed. I found that that is very sustainable because I don't always have a ton of time, you know, before I need to shut off the lights, but um, like 10 minutes of meditation can fit in there just fine. And then, you know, like we talked about um, several of things about just in terms of the environment of the light. I also try to make sure I'm starting to turn down lights in my house you know, in that hour before I go to bed. So I'm not just sitting around in full light. Um, and then also making sure that my bedroom, the quality of light in there is um, dim or, or soon to be very, very dark. How about you? Yeah, I love all of those. I, um, I definitely try to work some of those in as much as I can, especially the screen one is, uh, is really critical to me. And, um, My husband and I only have like an hour with each other before we totally pass out because as I mentioned, we get up very early Um, and sometimes we want to watch a show during that. So it's a little bit harder to squeeze in that wind down routine, but I do try to lay there for just a minute and just check in on like my inner world, you know, like all day long, you're sort of external to the world and responsive and doing, 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 right? Um, and the world is demanding of you and you're responding to that. So it's nice to just pause for a second before you go to sleep and be like, how do I feel? You know, I love that. Yes. What is my landscape like today? Sarah, in terms of like shows, if you're going to watch TV before bed, which, um, some people can do some people, it might still 
rev them up a little bit, but I'm sure you can make some recommendations in terms of quality of television that you might want to watch. Like what's your take on watching news right before bed? I would highly recommend not watching news <laughs> like ever, but definitely not before Same. bed. I think Great British Breaking Show, again, sponsor us, um, is a good choice. Although if you are emotionally activated by baking, then you probably shouldn't watch that. But I think like all recommendations we make, you know, you have to be very attuned to your needs and like really listen to like who you are and what you respond to. You know, as humans, we would like there to be these like sweeping rules about what you should and shouldn't do, right? But ultimately, you got to figure this out for yourself right? But if you are not emotionally activated by it, then chances are it's okay to watch it before you go to sleep. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, Sarah, I'm afraid we have gone over our 15 minutes. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We are (laughs) failing so much. Well, let's just do takeaways real quick and then we'll tease our next episode. Okay. Fabulous. What are your takeaways? Sleep is should be your priority both physiologically and psychologically and have a wind down routine no matter what that looks like and optimize your sleep hygiene what about you so again i think just the importance of prioritizing it right we tend to prioritize things like eating healthfully or exercising and i would say let's really prioritize quality restorative sleep all right sarah do you want to take us out I do. Yeah. So as always, feel free to call us at 928-793-1353 and check out our show notes at fruitful15.com. And we really just appreciate you letting us join you for your healthy journey. And you should join us for our next episode where we are going to talk about another pillar of lifestyle medicine, which is social support. Yay. Yay for social support. We love that. So this has been your Fruitful 15, where you can change your life in just 15 minutes a day.